Welcome to the follow-through factor with Joe Barker. Joe is a digital marketing expert who will guide listeners on how to grow their personal brands and leverage digital marketing best practices to grow their business. Hey everybody, Joe Barker here. Very excited to have everybody. Episode five of the follow-through factor with Joe Barker. And today is all about content, social media content to be exact. So we know social media is everybody's on it. It's super popular. But the big question is, is what do you post and what type of content should you be looking at? So to get us started, I like to start every single episode by going through some stats and some just information that kind of backs up why we're talking about this topic today. So as always, please go to yourdigitallab.com under the um, podcast. You're going to see where we have these PDFs every single week for you. If you're listening in, it's yourdigitallab.com. And this week's PDF is all about diving into social media content landscape and the facts that go around it. So let's see what we got. In 2023, social media was the lead market was the lead marketing channel, and it reported 270 billion in ad spend. So what does that mean in 2022? To give you an idea, there was 1.7 million pieces of content every minute on Facebook. Now take all that content, take all that ad spend. It is an incredible amount of time and effort that is being pushed into social media channels. And it's because it has a good ROI and that's where people are already spending their time. So now you're asking, okay, well, what is the most engaging type of content? We've got that for you. The most engaging type of content on social media is short form video. It is usually less than a minute long and 34% of users say that they prefer authenticity and brevity in short form videos. So make sure you're keeping it short and you're going straight to the point of what it is that you're trying to share and what it is that your audience is looking to hear. All right, next up, it used to be, depending on the channel, you have to figure out, is it video or is it um, graphics or still images that you should be utilizing? So the numbers are in the highest ROI on social media content, 25% is going to video marketing. So video marketing is holding it right now. Images is coming in a close second, but it's at 12%. So if you're curious across all social media channels, what is really out there? Is it video or images that's actually returning on investment and showing a positive ROI? It's the videos. And just so you know, while Facebook, we talk about Facebook all the time. And while there are more users on Facebook, those um, audience and individuals that are actually looking to learn about a new product or brand are most likely going to Instagram, Pinterest, or LinkedIn, not necessarily Facebook. So those are all great stats to know. Um, and again, go check out yourdigitallab.com. That's where you can find this PDF and all the PDFs from all of our episodes in the past. You're going to be able to find those on our website. We are super excited to have with us today, Jeff Maldonado. He is an industry content expert. So all things content, all channels, digital marketing or traditional marketing, Jeff is your guy. So super excited to introduce Jeff. Hey, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. We're very excited to have you. Thank you for having me, Joe. I appreciate being here. So I'm going to start off by asking you kind of an off the wall question, actually. Sure. How many pieces of content do you think that you have to create on a monthly basis? And you may have to narrow that down to the week just to like oh my put numbers around it. Well, let's see. So if you, if you think about, uh, let's say five channels. Um, and you're probably producing different content for different channels. And let's say you're doing anywhere from one to two a day. 
that equals, and this is why I'm in the content game. I'm really bad at math. So it's a lot. It's a lot of content. Let's be honest. That's incredible. Yeah. And you guys, again, your team produces a ton of content for all the various channels. So you have a ton of experience in really what works, what doesn't work, and really how to establish a system and get things in place. So I think this is going to be really valuable for our agents and advisors that are listening in today. All right. Let's jump right into the questions because we actually have more questions than we typically do. Mm -hmm. Because content's king, we know that and everybody wants to know about content. So we're going to jump right in. What are the different types of social media content that agents and advisors can create that you believe have an impact? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when I think about it, there's, there's so many different types of content, right? There's there's video, there's photos, there's graphics, there's this and that. But I, again, I tend to look at it more from a storytelling perspective. So when someone asks me the question, what kind of content should I create? For me, the question is, what type of story should I tell? So for an agent and advisor, you know, I might give them two options one that is meant to inspire their professional network and one that is intended to inspire their clients. So let's start with the clients, for example. Oftentimes, social is a great opportunity to educate others, right? So you invariably see in the hashtag DYK on social media, it's did you know, and it is a popular type of content where someone can simply share a little tidbit, a little knowledge, a little bit of something you might not have known before, with their followers. So think about that type of content. Did you know X, Y, and Z? Did you know um, about this deadline or that deadline? These are their things. These are the reasons why your clients or your prospective clients are following you. They need to understand and become more knowledgeable um, of the space and they need to become more knowledgeable of the things that they need to know to make the best decisions for themselves. And of course, ensure that you're the one helping them along the way. Now, there's the other side of the coin, which is your professional network as well, because any good professional, whether you're on the health or the wealth side, at the end of the day, you want to stay in connection um, with your peer group. And making sure um, you can do that, uh, one way to think about content there is this idea of a day in the life. Share even the most mundane or the most complex things that are happening in your day to day. This is a great way to generate conversation and engagement about the profession. It's a great way to get feedback from your peers. And it's about it's a really great way to get just deeper insight into how you can grow your business, how others are growing their business. So those are just two types of storytelling ways to think about content in the space. And again, you can do that through video. You can do that through photo. Heck, you could even do it through the written word, maybe a blog. Um, it doesn't matter. What matters is a story. Um, and that's how I think of content. And those are just two ways I think that agents and advisors can attack content. Yeah, I love the um, day in the life because sometimes you don't even know what's going to relate or what's going to like pique mm -hmm. the interest of your audience until you try it. And sometimes it's like the off the wall, like craziest thing that you just found amusing that day or that came across and that you shared and that it relates to somebody. And then all of a sudden you start to see engagement. So 100%. I love that idea. And I, and I think sometimes it's just don't overthink it. For sure. Awesome. All right. Up next, we have best practices for creating social media content mm -hmm. that engages and informs your audience. What mm -hmm. are your um, expert advice on creating those best practices and what are those best practices? Uh, uh, this is one of my favorite questions. And I'm actually going to just go back to what you just said. This idea of don't overthink it, it, it kind of starts there. So my number one tip is to be your authentic self. You're not being judged. You're not in the social space to be judged. Shoot it, post it. Now, I know that sounds crazy, maybe even a little bit scary to some, mm -hmm. but I don't care if you're a top influencer in your field or a complete neophyte in the social space. That's how everyone starts. 
That's how good content and good engagement starts. No, number two, we've heard this before. Keep your content short, your language concise, and your topic tight. You know, we always hear about when it comes to, um, you know, the way in which uh, folks are engaging and consuming content in the social media space. We're dealing with very short attention spans so that everything that you produce, every piece of content you're going to put out there really needs to be tight and tightened up. So think in bite size. Um, it'll really help get your message across and it ultimately will ensure that your content resonates. And then the third piece of advice that I always get when it comes to a best practice about engaging your audience is ask for something back. You know, good content isn't a one-way street. You know, so for me, ask questions, stay engaged, cultivate a two-way dialogue through your content. Social is actually that, the social aspect of it. And Oftentimes, I think we tend to miss out on that piece because we're so keen to just create more content and create more content, but it's not just a push. It's a push and a pull. So ask your followers for something back. You might be surprised. Not only will you get good engagement, you actually might get a really good idea for your next piece of content. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think sometimes we do, we get this mindset as agents and advisors, we're like, sell, 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 or I need to say this, I need to say that. And we forget sometimes... We need to ask, like, what do you want to hear? And it can really maybe like help guide that content and it will get you thinking in different ways because you're mm -hmm. asking for that feedback and all of that. So I love that. Completely agree. Yeah. All right. Next up, how do you track the effectiveness of your social media content? So I know this is something we hear all the time where agents and advisors are like, I feel like I'm putting stuff out there, but I'm getting nothing back. How do I know if I'm succeeding? How do I know like what are those those marks or how can they really measure to see if they are you know being successful or doing what they should be doing yeah so i think one of the easiest ways to think about um whether or not you're succeeding in social media um it's a metric that is is often not it's a little bit more uh, it's more qualifying metric this idea of a passive versus an active engagement so here's how i think about it you could put a bunch of posts out there and you could get a ton of likes Right. But for some reason, your followers aren't growing. You know, for some reason, your clicks to your website or clicks to your form or clicks to reach out aren't converting in the way you think, despite the fact that, well, look, people are, are liking my stuff. They're hitting the little thumbs up. Yeah. But to me, that's a passive engagement. Right. Not that it's not valuable. Right. But how can you take folks from that passive engagement to a more active engagement? So when I look at really high performing content, I look at the content that's generating things like comments and shares, because if your user, if your follower is going that extra mile to really engage with that piece of content, it's also likely that that content is driving much more measurable things into your website or growing your follower base in a real and significant way. So in our quest for likes, and welcome to social media. It's always about the likes. Absolutely. I think we need to think a little bit differently about that particular type of metric. I think those mm -hmm. other more active engagements are really the key. So when you start to see your content um, generating more of that deeper engagement, that's when you're on or something. That's when you need to start thinking, oh, wow, they like that enough to comment on it. They liked it enough to share it into their news feeds. It was valuable enough for them to do that that's that's going to impact my content strategy moving forward. It's going to impact what I post, how I post, and when I post. Yeah, so it's not so much then maybe tracking, like getting too deep into analytics or anything like that. It really is just watching and seeing what happens on what you're doing 
it's and really those comments. And yeah, I think you're spot on. And I love that you mentioned like everybody wants those likes. Um, and, and we call them vanity metrics. Like they're mm -hmm. great, but they really don't mean much. Mm -hmm. It really is the engagement that you're mentioning that that mm -hmm. is is everything. And if yeah. you can connect, because it shows that you're connecting with people mm -hmm. on a on a next level. Mm -hmm. And so, actually, I'll, I'll use an example of the way, if you know, just to kind of expand on that a little bit, the way in which my team has been looking at those metrics. So you know, we have some competitors. Everyone has competitors. Yeah. And you don't just want to look at yourself. You want to look at others as well. How how are you stacking up? Mm -hmm. And we have plenty of competitors that have many, many more followers than us, right? So if we simply sat here every month measuring our followers versus theirs, it's not going to really paint a great picture. Mm -hmm. But one thing we found out is when we started to refine our content strategy and really hone in on the posts that were actually moving the needle for us, our engagement rates were up. Our follower growth rate was up. In other words, we were gaining more followers at a faster clip than they were. Nice. We have more engagements over time than they were. And they were posting more than us and they had a larger following than us. But a larger following doesn't necessarily mean they're an engaged following. And that was key. And it was important for us to, to measure that way because we wanted to paint a picture that we were growing and that we were mm -hmm. improving and that sometimes bigger isn't always better. Yeah, that's an awesome way to look at it. And what, yeah, just to, to realize that it's good to watch your competitors. It's good mm -hmm. to see what they're doing, but you also don't follow it to the T because you don't know if it's actually bringing success or if it's just the social proof vanity metrics that are sitting out there that you think looks like success. So Absolutely. I love that you point that out because I think some people do get that envy of like, mm -hmm. oh, they have all this. You don't actually know that. And you may be, if you follow their tactics, you may be following the wrong path mm. if it's not actually successful. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Next up, we have what are some of the challenges that agents and advisors face when they're trying to create their social media content? What are, what are some of those challenges that you've heard about? And then any advice yeah. you have to overcome them? Yeah, I, I kind of alluded to this earlier. Number one is getting started. You know, there's often what I see is this paralysis that it needs to be up to some unknown creative or, or quality standard. And, and that's just simply not the case. I mean, no one wants to put out um, bad looking things in social mm -hmm. space. But the truth of the matter is that you're not there for the pretty. You're there because you're an expert, you know, and your voice and your point of view belongs in the conversation. You actually have something to bring to that discussion, to that town square that is social media. So getting started is really one of the biggest hurdles. And then the second one that I often see is time. You know, I think, you know, for some, it's easy and natural to create content in kind of the normal course of the day. I, you know, you're where I'm out all the time and I see people just grab their cell phones and start like creating content. And I'll be honest, like I'm not one of those people. Like I, I just, I get paralyzed from just the, the idea of Instagramming my dinner. For some, it's like they're going to stand <laughs> yeah. on the chair and like they're going to get that shot. And that's awesome. But for the rest of us, sometimes you have to schedule time. You have to yeah. schedule time to create content. You have to be a little bit more uh, deliberate about the way in which you approach social media and the way you approach uh, content development. And I just want to let folks know that's okay. You, mm -hmm. you can do you and you can still be successful. It almost sounds like it's it's like a confidence that it gives you. So mm -hmm. the, the, like some people just need to be more prepared. So that way mm -hmm. they feel that much more confident when presenting it. Mm -hmm. And I always laugh when I think back um, because I've heard Bobby say, Bobby Bache with um, Medicare Bob, he said a couple of times, you know, there was videos he created in his bedroom just real quick. We're like, throw up a video and started talking, but they were successful. And it's because he's one of those that doesn't have to overthink or anything. Mm -hmm. He's an expert mm -hmm. in his field and he just shares it. So, totally. but I love that you put, you know, there's just different styles. And again, not everything is a, you know, one shoe fits all it's, you got to find what works for you and really get it out there. Yeah. Um, but it's just creating it. I mean, you've mm -hmm. got to create the content. 
in order right. to see what's working. All right. And then what are your, um, what are some tips that you have for staying up to date on the latest social media trends? Because it changes all the time and what platform you should be on, what the biggest hype is, all these different trends are coming out all the time. So how do you stay up to date or, or what advice do you have for agents and advisors to kind of stay up to date on, on the latest? Absolutely. You know, my number one tip for staying up to date is to follow, follow, follow. You know, at the end of the day, we're just, we're all consumers of great engaging social content. And I argue that the more you follow, the more folks that you follow, both kind of within your industry, but also adjacent and kind of completely outside your sphere. Um, and the more engaged you are, the more you're going to get insight into what works. You're going to get more insight into ways to use these platforms. Um, and that'll start to entice you to experiment with others as well. Um, you know, there are plenty of other um you know, websites and newsletters. I think social media today is, is pretty much a tried and true kind of website out there that gives you kind of those kind of daily tips on how to use social media. They stay on mm -hmm. top of things like TikTok trends and all this kind of stuff. And that's all fine and good, but we all get inundated with emails day in and day out. I've often find that my inspiration comes from the people I follow because there's always someone out there that's going to be better at social media than me. And I love that. And I love to just see what they're doing. How are they using these new tools? Um, you know, how have they broken some of the tools? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I, I was, um, you know, I know LinkedIn technically isn't one of the, the, the sexier channels, but the slideshow, which by the way, LinkedIn is now changing that because it was never intended to be used that way. Someone figured out a way to break it, create a PDF and create a slideshow using that mechanic. And now LinkedIn is stepping in and saying, not necessarily what was it wasn't intended for, which is fascinating to me because then I saw that and I used it and others yep. used it. It gets back to follow, follow people, get inspired by what they're doing, how they're creating their content. Um, it is your best insight into the world of social media and the possibilities for you and your business. I think, I love all of that. And it just reminded me, it's like, we have to all be willing to learn and just be curious. Yes. And so the more people you follow and the more you're hearing what's out there, you're seeing what's happening, even your own industry, social media, whatever it is, just the more curious you are, you're going to hear something you've never heard before. Right. And then you're going to go research it, or you're going to go want to learn more about it. And then you can share it. And I think that's, that's, awesome, you know, to think about it that way, that it's not where some people feel like if they watch them, they're going to be copying them. That's not what it's about. It's mm -hmm. about the curiosity side of it and learning Absolutely. and not being afraid to embrace that and be able to say, Hey, I'm learning. So, you know, you're, everyone's always learning. Absolutely. So, so taking it to the next level. You're correct. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Next up with AI tools and oh my goodness, AI is just Oof. insane this year. It's like every time I turn around, somebody's asking something about AI. But with, with how easy it is for agents and advisors, and it's right there at their fingertips, what are your thoughts, and especially from this content mm -hmm. side of ChatGPT, what are your thoughts on that AI-created content versus the original content um, that's being created? So so how do you balance that, and what are your thoughts on utilizing AI content? Yeah, it is, um, it is what a time to be alive, right? Um, that we get to be a part of this next revolution of technology. It is it is something else. And sometimes you just kind of have to sit back and, and, and marvel at the fact that we're here at this moment in time because this is some crazy stuff. Um, that being said, we do have to tread with caution. Um, you know, the way I view AI, for me, it's a tool that, that starts me off with ideas and inspiration, you know? 
you know, it's, it's kind of transforming how we work, much in the same way that search did, you know, way back when. Uh, but it's not perfect. You know, what I found is that, especially from a content perspective, especially when I'm creating like more long form type of content, um, the chat GPTs and other AI platforms of the world, they're not entirely up to date. Um, and if they're not up to date, and certainly with respect to the way in which agents and advisors may use it, you have to understand that they're not going to be up to date on compliance rules that we all have to navigate day in and day out. And we also know that those things are constantly evolving. Um, that being said, AI does help with a starting point, you know, that kind of 5% that you need to really get inspired. Um, and over time, listen, it's going to get better and we're all watching it. But for now, I think it's really important that we remember what AI is and what it isn't and really let it be kind of that inspiration springboard for us mm -hmm. when it comes to creating really good content. I think it's important too to just remind agents and advisors, don't just copy and paste what's mm -hmm. in there because I'm starting to notice people are picking up and just by looking at it and reading the first sentence or two that it's AI generated. Yes. Um, to the point where they're like, now even when I scroll, I can tell almost immediately when it was copy and paste it word for word because it doesn't sound anything like mm -hmm. the company who posted it and the mm -hmm. words they're utilizing are not normal conversational words that are being used. And it's like a red flag that I just like, nope, not watching the, or not reading the rest of that yeah. because I don't want to yeah. read it if it's AI generated. I want to mm -hmm. see, you know, it's not to me, it's it's just it's a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think yeah. that's super important to just remember that the tone and who you are, just mm -hmm. AI can't repeat that. And that's where yeah. we're always going to you know need real content writers. Completely agree. We're still far away from it really replicating the human condition and human emotion. Yeah. It's just not there yet. No, I completely agree. All right, next up, for agents and advisors who manage their own content, what are your recommendations based on digital channel on how to structure and manage it? So knowing that there's so many options for them, you know, what are some tips and tricks that you have for them to actually be able to structure and manage all the all the channels and all the content? Yeah, you know, this is also um, where audience is really, really important. Um, this idea that you have to be everywhere, I think, was kind of put to the side a long, long time ago, especially as social started to kind of the different channels started to go their separate ways and become very unique in the way in which they were engaging specific audiences at specific times, right? Um, so number one, I would tell agents and advisors, really consider your audience. Where are they? You know, where do they want to meet you? Where do they want to see you? And where do they want to engage you? I think that will really help um, kind of break down, okay, where do I have to put my energy? And that's not to say you don't have to be in many different places and you can't test things here or there, um, but it'll help with the focus. And I think that's probably the, the scariest thing. We talked a little bit about this idea of feeling overwhelmed by the social space. Add in search, add in email, add in website, blogs. It gets overwhelming really quick. And when you think about it mm -hmm. in the aggregate, um, all of a sudden time just becomes, you know, your biggest headache. You're going to have time to do everything. Um, and once you decide kind of where you want to be, right? Or where, once you decide where your audiences need you to be, the cadence of which you produce content really is entirely up to you. And there are a lot of best practices that suggest you should post, you know, you know, once or twice a day on social media or one blog per week on your website. But just remember, you kind of have to start somewhere. Um, and the worst thing you can do is try to go full bore based on someone's recommendation and then tail off. That's a surefire mm -hmm. way to lose your audience and lose their interest for a long, long time. And it's hard to rebuild that trust after a while. So what I always tell folks is do what you can. Produce at a clip 
that makes sense for you and your life and your workload, be consistent at it. And then what, what you're going to find over time is that it's no longer becomes a chore. Then all of a sudden content creation just becomes part of your usual workflow. And before you know it, you're really going to enjoy doing it. And then you're going to up it. And you're mm -hmm. going to do a little bit more and a little bit more. And you're going to be able to keep up with it, not because you have to, but because you want to. Because you're seeing the reward and return on your investment from the engagement that you're getting from your followers. So it's that iterative process that you know I want folks to understand. You don't have to go so strong, so hard, so fast, so quickly. Take your time. Do what's right for you. And ultimately, your followers will follow. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes, I mean, it's just as easy to when you get new clients or when, you know, when you start talking to someone, just ask them that simple question. How did you hear about me or where, did, you know, what social media do Great you, point. are you mm -hmm. actively, you know, on every single day? And it's really just meeting them where they spend their time anyway. Yes. And so you're, you know, you're meeting them where they're already at. You're not trying to create that new behavior to come find me over here. Yes. Um, and so I, I think it's like, is if they just don't overthink it too much and just ask, start asking your clients, where are you spending mm -hmm. your time? What social do you like? And then, you know, get there and start where you're comfortable. Couldn't agree more. That's the hardest part is the, the learning curve of some of these platforms. TikTok's a beast. If you've never been on there, you got to figure it out. It is. It so. is. It is. Maybe, but maybe start on YouTube shorts. You know, it's a lot. There, it's a, exactly. It feels a lot less. I don't know. It feels a lot less than TikTok. It does. It right? does. Especially once it's gone, you're like, oh, okay, on to the next one. But yeah, right, the I, I could TikTok do that now. is a little intense. Yeah, exactly. Right. All of us in the old, kind of the older set, we all get our TikToks on Instagram. Then you can go to Instagram <laughs> and then you make your way up and it's, it's all good. Awesome. All right. Let's see. Do we have any more? Yes. Okay. So this is actually our final question, but I had to make sure this one was in there because I see it and I hear it. Mm -hmm. And I know you're the content expert out there. Mm. So I thought this was perfect for you. Are press releases still relevant for agents and advisors working in local areas and should they be utilizing it? And I know for some people they're like press releases. No, you don't do those anymore, but I think they're super important still. And I think, um, I think you're the perfect person to kind of drive that home of, of oh, thank you. you know, what should they do? <laughs> <laughs> um, are they still relevant? Yes. Um, they are part, I think they are a very, um, they can be a very important part of the marketing mix, the overall marketing mix. I think the question that folks need to ask themselves when they're thinking about the press release is, are what they sing newsworthy? Then they have to come to terms with the fact that what they might find is newsworthy, others might not. And those others are the media or the journalists that are actually the gatekeepers behind whether or not your press release actually gets published in many cases. So when it comes to press releases, you know, really think about those kind of milestone events, you know, in your business or in your career, right? So new office opening, new senior hire, new product offering, um, maybe even something philanthropic, like something mm -hmm. you did in the community, for example, right? These are all things that are going to attest to the way in which your business is impacting and influencing your local community. And that first and foremost is why you would use a release. You know, what you do, what you offer, what your business actually is becomes secondary to that type of news. So it allows you to build a reputation beyond simply what you offer, beyond what your service is. And I think that's a good thing because, you know, we talk a lot about social and content really helping as a sales mechanism, as a way to explain what you do and, and sell what you do. Um, but a large part of this is about reputation management. It's about building your reputation. And press releases in particular are often a, an important way to build that bigger brand reputation 
as a business owner and as an entrepreneur, and especially one that's having an impact on his or her local community. So um, I, I would say, yes, I would say that press releases are here to stay. Um, I would say that more more small businesses are actually leveraging blogs mm. and using those and pitching those to local media with whom they have great relationships idea. with. So, you know, maybe not spend the money on that on that wire service. Publish yourself, mm. um, share that news via email. There's a lot of different ways you can. There's no there's no one way to distribute a press release. Um, but think about those larger brand reputation stories and how they can really impact and build trust um, in your business and in your brand. Awesome. I actually love that idea of putting it on the blog. Like even if you're unsure and you're like, I'm not sure, and you, you know, instead of spending the time mm -hmm. with, with reaching out to everybody, put it on the blog, share it on social media, share it yes. yourself and, you know, at least get that branding play out of it and get that, you know, recognition and, and that credibility built out of um, putting it on the mm -hmm. blog. I guess Absolutely. you could also reach out to local partners too and ask them to share it. Absolutely. You know, if you have local partners or, or people, you know, that you that you mm -hmm. tag team with referrals and stuff, you, you know, mm -hmm. just reaching out to them and that could be that referral network also. To Completely agree. Brand reputation takes a village. Yes. Yes. And you guys are awesome at it. So <laughs> <laughs> some of the best of the industry. Well, thank you, Jeff, seriously, so much for taking the time today to spend with us and sharing all of your knowledge um, with the, on everything content on social media, we know it's huge and congratulations on all the accomplishments of you and your team. Um, it's been, you've, you've had a lot of growth this year and a lot of, um, a lot of content released. So congratulations. All <laughs> right. You, one more, I have one more question. Please. What is your favorite type? Do you have a favorite type of content or channel that like you tend to just always just love to go to, or, or you just, if you had That's to a great question, if, if I had to delete Every app on my phone, yep. except one, what would it be? I'm going to say, the, the, the answer might change in a few months. You never know. All right, well, today, I'll ask you again next year. You should. Well, what today, is it now? Today it's YouTube. Wow. Today, YouTube is go. my window into the world, and shorts or TikToks that have become shorts have completely changed my life. Oh, I love that. That is great feedback, especially because we say all the time that YouTube is just skyrocketing. And so that is awesome mm -hmm. and, and feeds right back into my narrative too. So thank you. Awesome. awesome. Thank welcome. you, Jeff. Greatly appreciate it. And uh, we look forward next year. We'll be inviting you back again. And then we will definitely be asking you that question again. Awesome. Thank you, Jeff. All right. Great being Thanks, here. Jeff. Have a great okay. one. All right, everybody. Well, I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Jeff comes with a ton of knowledge and I, and I really hope that we were able to, um, make you think a little bit differently or maybe bring on some ideas that maybe you hadn't thought of. So again, please be sure to check out yourdigitallab.com for all of our PDFs and all of our information. Also be sure to subscribe and follow us between our YouTube channel and our podcast. Um, subscribe. And if you have any questions or you would like to know more information about a certain digital marketing channel, please reach out to us and let us know what it is that you would like to hear more about. Until next time, please remember to always uh, provide value and the fortune is in the follow through. Thanks, everybody, and have a great one. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Follow Through Factor with Joe Barker. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel to keep up to date on digital marketing best practices. And remember, the fortune is in the follow through.